Hello, my Napa Valley loving friends. Ken Vigoda is a winemaker extraordinaire, universally well-liked, and a walking encyclopedia of winemaking knowledge. He's been crafting the Vino Fino here in Napa Valley for over 30 years, and we'll hear about his experiences and get a taste of his other talents, too. Before we get to it, just want to let you know that is a special thank you for being a listener here. Them fine folks at Judd's Hill Winery here in Napa Valley have got a little special for you to make it easy to, to get some of our wine into your cellar. Visit www.juddshill.com, that's J-U-D-D-S-H-I-L-L.com, and have a look at what's currently in release. Put some in your shopping cart, and then at checkout, type in J-N-V-S, which of course stands for Judd's Napa Valley Show, J-N-V-S, all in lowercase letters, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order through the end of September 2013. Let's drink to that. Of course, our Judd's Hill Wine Club members always get a better deal even than that. So while online, have a look at our wine club page and be sure to join the fun. As always, I invite you to come see us in person to taste wine and have a great time here at Judd's Hill. Visiting information is on our website and I hope to see you soon. Enjoy some wine and enjoy this show. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa. Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, live from the 1440 KVON studio in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Bull, and here's your host, Judd Fingelstein. Thank you very much, Lauren Mole. Good top of the day, Judd. Hey, top of the day to you. Good to see you, sir. We were uh, we were not around last week. Uh, had the week off, and uh, did you do anything special? I, I got to listen to Chef Greg Cole. That's right. Chef Greg Cole. F- sounds funny f- saying that he filled in for me because I used to fill in for him when this was his regular show. Well, I guess now the tables have been turned. Have they now? Indeed. And uh, I listened as well. I was on my way down to the airport. I was heading out of town, and he did a great job. Not that I'm surprised. He's a professional broadcaster as well as a fine chef. And I certainly enjoyed the show. And he was embarrassing me a little bit. He was saying what, how much he enjoys this show and the, and the good things that we're doing. And I was getting a ride from my mother, who was just beaming as he was saying all these nice things about me. And, and uh, Greg, if you're listening, you know, you made mom proud. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, I went out of town, headed up to fabulous Utah and had a little vacation. Haven't had one of those in a long time. Just spent about three days um, soaking in the natural beauty, rafting down a river, walking in the hills and really eating and drinking well. Uh, Folks might be surprised to hear that Utah, Salt Lake City, I mean Park City for some time, but now Salt Lake City um, has really emerged as an amazing dining destination. I I, I go there often for work. Believe it or not, they, they drink a lot of wine up there too, so I'm up there often for wine events and showcasing our wines. And the the dining scene is incredible. So many chefs, either locally or chefs, have come into the area to take advantage of the local agriculture, produce, dairy, everything it has to offer. So there's all this 
uh, really amazing talent in the Salt Lake City and Park City area and down south as well. So for those of you looking for fun and maybe uh, unexpected great dining, head up to Utah. Check it out. They're doing some really cool stuff. Fun events coming up. It is summertime in Napa Valley, which means events galore. Every weekend, almost every day, there's something happening. So I thought I'll, thought I'll just um, you know, highlight a few of these right now. Coming up Saturday, this is July 27th, it is just an amazing event that I've been a part of in past years, and it is Wine, Women, and Shoes, and this benefits the Napa Emergency Women's Services. This is Saturday, July 27th at Charles Krug Winery in St. Helena from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. There will be Napa Valley restaurants serving food, uh, copious amounts of wine, shoe shopping, fashion show, and the ever-popular shoe guys for all you ladies to flirt with and um, check out. They'll, they'll have shoes on platters. And uh, th that was my job for a long time as a shoe guy. And it really was a blast. So if you would like some information on going to Wine, Women, and Shoes, I don't know if it's sold out. It's, it's usually a sold-out event. But you can check www.napanews.org for information on getting tickets. If you'd like to hear more about Napa Emergency Women's Services, I had representatives from that fine organization on this very show. You can go to the iTunes store and search for Judd's Napa Valley Show and look for the May 21st episode and we'll hear all about it porch fest is coming up sunday july 28th this sunday featuring over 80 local bands on over 40 local porches mostly in the downtown area of napa and it's free don't try to drive though walk take a bike scooter skateboard whatever it takes because the streets are going to be full of folks you're not going to be able to drive but it is really a fun and cool day just checking out bands that sunday it's free walk around downtown and soak in the music Friday, August 2nd, Yucapalooza at Oxbow, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Friday, August 2nd, as I said. It's going to be on the river deck at Oxbow Public Market here in downtown Napa. Bring a ukulele to strum along or to get up and perform in front of folks. A little bit of a ukulele open mic going on. It will be anchored by my very own band, the Maikai Gents, playing our brand of old-time Hawaiian tunes. And you're, you're familiar with the band, having announced this before, Lauren. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Retro Diva will be there with her vintage Aloha wear marketplace. If you don't have some cool Aloha wear, shirts, dresses, she'll be there with some really great stuff you can pick up. Um, dress up. Always appreciate to add to the atmosphere if you've got some Hawaiian wear. And the Oxbow Merchants will be having specials. Pretty much every Oxbow Merchant will do some kind of island-style special. So that's going to be some new tastes going on. Of course, there'll be specials on Judd's Hill Wines at the Wine Merchants. There will be a raffle that will benefit Cope Family Center. And among other prizes they'll be raffling off, you could win a Hawaiian luau, a Polynesian party for, I believe, 10 people. So come on down, buy some raffle tickets to benefit Cope Family Center. You can find out more about them at copefamilycenter.org. The very next night, Saturday, August 3rd, is the Judd's Hill Lobster Luau Wine Fest. Always a sold-out event. That's at 5 p.m. at Judd's Hill. You're going to feast on mounds of seafood, including Maine lobster. Once again, the Maikai Gents will be performing a full set of music, not just a few tunes here and there, as at Oxbow Yucapalooza, uh, but an evening of entertainment. Uh, Retro Diva will be there as well with her Aloha Wear Marketplace. You'll dine amongst the vines on a beautiful summer's evening. And for tickets, you can call the winery at 
2332, extension 2, to reach our hospitality folks, or visit judshill.com and go to the events tab. Almost done, but there's so many cool events. On August 6th, Lauren, you know what I'm about to say, do you not? I know. You know. Would you like to talk about it? Sure. Go ahead. It's the Giants game against the Brewers. And why is that so special? This is through the uh, foundation I'm with. Everybody is a star. Me, along with uh, hopefully a couple of my other friends, or me and another friend, we're not sure yet, we'll, we'll be singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game during the seventh inning stretch. That's right. Lauren on the field singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. This is going to benefit the Everybody is a Star Foundation. Uh, you can find out more information about that at everybodystar.org, as well as you can see um, Lauren's video there. Check out their events tab to get more information on the Giants game August 6th. Their tickets not only include the game, you also get to see Lauren singing. It happens to be Jewish uh, Heritage Night as well, so you do get a commemorative Giants dreidel for your Hanukkah party and a Matis Yahoo concert, award-winning international singer, superstar Matis Yahoo will be giving a private concert for those who buy tickets through this event, through everybodystar.org. So you can go there. You can also call 707-321-1405. I'll give that number again, because if you would like to donate above and beyond the ticket price uh, from $250 up, there are some very special gifts. These are really incredible, one-of-a-kind gifts, experiences that you can have during the game. Um, i for some reason, we're not supposed to say specifically what they are, but you can get very involved on field, behind the scenes, giant stuff. But if you'd like more information on how to get these once-in-a-lifetime experiences at that August 6th game, call the Everybody is a Star Foundation at 707-321-1405. One more thing, we are gearing up for the American Cancer Society. Relay for Life is coming up. I believe this weekend, and in honor of that, uh, at Judd's Hill, we are donating 10% of all of our July sales of our Burke's Blazing Barbecue Zinfandel, a great wine for your summer grilling, summer eating. It's named after our wine club director, Emeritus, recently retired, but Mr. Pat Burke, he was on the show a couple weeks ago, a great fellow, and we will donate 10% to his wife's effort. She's a participant in the Relay for Life. So come on by the winery on Silverado Trail. Go online at judsill.com. Give us a call at 707-255-2332. Get some Burke's Blazing Zinfandel in the month of July, and we will donate 10% to the American Cancer Society. <sighs> that gets us through here, at least this week. <laughs> Lauren, would you like to... Introduce our guest. Sure, why not, Judd? From our Valley Vine, he crafts fine wine, really the kind, with the family Fingelstein, Ken Vagoda. <laughs> Good morning, Ken. Good morning. So, Ken Vagoda, you are somewhat of a legend for those in the know here in Napa Valley. You have been making wine here for about 30 years. A little bit over, yeah. A little bit over 30 years, crafting some delicious stuff. And you currently are making wine, well, at Judd Sill. So I know you quite well, but I wanted folks to hear your story. You, you're sort of, you know, making wine quietly, but really making waves. And all those in the industry know you, uh, but I thought the public ought to as well. So let's, let's, let's talk to you. Let's get your story. 
when did you actually before you even came to Napa Valley? How did you get on the path of winemaking? Because you're you're a Midwest boy. You come from Michigan. How what led you here? Let's let's hear yeah, from the beginning. I'm, I'm originally from Detroit, and uh, so that's uh, obviously the the uh, the well known for winemakers. Uh, you know, so that's, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, right. yeah, and uh, it, it's just been a, a, a long uh, way to get to the Napa Valley uh, through Los Angeles. Actually, uh, yeah. I, I went went to graduate school uh, in chemistry at uh, USC, where your dad went. That's right. My and, father was a Trojan as well. Uh, right. I had no inkling of being in the wine industry back then, and it just turned out that the training that I had for organic chemistry specifically uh, was very good uh, in in the respect that it, it really helped to train my nose uh, to dis- distinguish compounds that are found in wine. And uh, like, I, like like how how does that work? It it, it was w- one of the things that you do for organic chemistry uh, is identify unknowns, and you do that via your nose. The first thing that you, they teach you to do is to uh, take a, a whiff of the compound that you're going to analyze. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the aroma from that particular compound, uh, it can lead you to the direction of analysis that you're going to perform to try to discover what the actual compound is. Okay, so and some so, of these... Oh, and sorry. Yeah, no, that's, that's some of the compounds compounds that you are are taught to identify are the major components that give aroma to wine. Okay. And so uh, in it, uh, when I was learning to identify these compounds, it turned out that when I started uh, getting really into wine analysis, uh, my first job at the, at the wine lab, when I was presented with a particular wine and, and said this wine is either good or bad, mm-hmm. I was able to identify the compounds that were associated with those particular attributes of the wine itself. And so that that made it much more easy for me to equate the type of, of chemical compound with the, the good or bad aroma. So it was much easier to me, for me to remember those, those types of uh, associations and then help to identify the, the, whether the wine was either good or bad. So, so that you, you, you uh, really turned helped. what could be a really cool party trick into a yes. career path. <laughs> <laughs> Pull the rabbit out of my hat. All right, so you, you learned your, your, your chemistry. You learned how to smell things, yeah. which helped with wine. But what actually got you into wine? How did you it, end up in it the wine was, It was all my wife's fault. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. As, as usual, I met uh, Lori uh, in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, she uh, uh, was a student uh, in nursing at UCLA. And, uh, oh, wait a minute, wait yeah, a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> There's a little bit of a conflict of interest there between uh, UCLA and USC. So, so it's a mixed marriage. <laughs> That's right. How'd that go over with the folks? Uh, it, it, it worked out fine. Okay, <laughs> but uh, we uh, uh, met at her graduation dance uh, from nursing school, and uh, uh, we just uh, started going out. Then uh, we had an opportunity to go to a wedding of a friend of hers uh, in the Bay Area. She was originally from Millbrae, uh, and uh, so we came up to go to this wedding, and the next day we were looking for something to do, and one of her brothers said, hey, why don't you go up to the wine country? So we uh, drove up to Napa. And, you and your nose. Yeah, and, and uh, rode around the, the wine country here in, in Napa, and happened to go by Queen of the Valley Hospital, and she said, oh, I have some uh, a friend that uh, at the at the college that uh, be, used to work at Queen of the Valley Hospital, and it's a really nice hospital. And uh, so uh, uh, we continued through through the wine region here in Napa, and uh, thought, just gosh, this is a really beautiful place, and uh, it'd be it'd be maybe nice to to move here someday. And so I we went back to to Los Angeles, and I 
told some of my friends uh, at work uh, where we what we had done, and one of the guys said, "Oh, you should have told me. Uh, I have a brother-in-law and a, and a niece that work in wineries, and they could have, you know, you could get given you some private tours and uh, a little bit more exposure." And so we. Uh, eventually uh, came back to the Napa Valley and did that and and uh, got more exposed to the wine industry uh, at a, on a personal level and uh, just in talking to them uh, you know was telling them about my experience of working in a lab situation I actually was working in a clinical lab at the time mm-hmm. and uh, they said oh you, you could probably get a job in a in a winery laboratory if you, if you really wanted to and with Lori being from Northern California and living in Southern California she kind of wanted to get out out of Southern California as quickly as possible. As, and a little uh, light bulb went <laughs> off in your Yeah, head. and we said, hey, yeah. wait, why, don't we, uh, why don't we just try this? And uh, so she applied for a job at Queen of the Valley, uh, got hired immediately with her credential from UCLA. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, I, I, about three months later, I moved up here and started uh, in earnest looking for a job in the wine industry. And at the time, unfortunately, I didn't know that there was only about four or five wineries that actually had laboratories uh, it, within their, their premises. Oh, yeah, that was then. That was then. This was 1980. Okay, okay. so I, I didn't uh, preface this with, with timing, actually, mm-hmm. but uh, the first trip up here was actually in 1978, and so this was in 1980 that we uh, decided to move up here. I, I looked for a job uh, various places, um, and... Uh, with no experience directly in the wine industry was having quite a bit of difficulty trying to get a job actually in a lab situation. Uh, and as I say, because there weren't very many available, um, I, I just was thinking about actually getting a tasting room job just to kind of get my foot in the door. And then uh, one uh, Sunday afternoon, I was talking to a neighbor and telling them my plight. And they said, uh, well, isn't there some place called the wine lab uh, here in the, in the valley? And I said, well, yeah, I kind of heard of that. And so I went to the uh, phone book and looked at, in the old days, we had phone books. We didn't have... Uh, yeah, what's Google, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phone book? <laughs> Lauren, had... have you ever heard of a phone book? <laughs> oh, I have. Oh, you have? You'll have to explain that to me <laughs> yeah. one day. Sure. Thanks. <laughs> have to look that one up online. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, uh, so I, I went in and looked up and found the wine lab. And Monday morning, first thing, I called up and I said, I'm a chemist and I'm looking for a job. And, they, and the person that answered the phone said, how did you know? And I said, how did I know what? And she said, well, our ad is coming out in the paper this afternoon. And so why don't you come on down for an interview? So I went in for an interview. I was their first interviewee and, uh, and eventually got the job. So I worked with uh, Lisa Vandewater at the wine lab for about two and a half years. And that was my start in the wine industry. So you got into the wine industry in the lab setting, which is very appropriate with your background. And then how did you make the jump to winemaker? Well, it, that was, uh, it took a, took several years, but uh, uh, the, the next job after the wine lab was uh, uh, Raymond uh, Vineyard and Cellars. And that was uh, still as you, in the early 80s. It was, it was in 1983, actually in 82 when I uh, went in for my original interview. Uh, Lisa uh, had made some changes at the wine lab and she was kind of changing the structure there and, and uh, I became available, let's say. And oh, gotcha. uh, so I started, I started looking for a job and uh, uh, I was telling people that I, I was giving analysis reports to uh, that I was uh, uh, available and, and uh, needed a, a job to continue on. And uh, a similar type situation, I, I told uh, Donna, who was at the wine lab, and, and she uh, said, oh, Walter just came in and was saying that uh, uh, he wanted to hire somebody. So that's how I got uh, interviewed at Raymond. So you jumped in there, and then it didn't take long till you were the winemaker for Raymond. 
And you were, how long were you working as the winemaker? Like the, was, well, I don't know what your title was, the mm. executive winemaker, which is the winemaker, winemaker? It, it was uh, actually not until about 1990 that I got the official title because we didn't actually have car, uh, titles on our, oh, uh, cr- on our cards. But you <laughs> but, had worked uh, there making I, I had wine a, from for... 80, from 83 on, yeah. And, and, uh, for well over 20 years. Yes. And, and, and actually I, I started be, becoming called uh, winemaker uh, about 1985 or so because I started going out and doing winemaker dinners. And so Walter said, <laughs> I guess we need to call you winemaker so that you can do these winemaker dinners. So uh, I, I got, yeah, so I, I got the, this, the semi-official title uh, and that it actually didn't appear on, on a business card until about 1990 when we changed our business cards. And, and uh, so the, uh, the person that was doing them at the time says, well, we want to we wanna have titles on the business cards from now on. What's, what's your title here? So Walter said, well, Ken's the winemaker and okay. I'm, uh, you know, owner or whatever. So. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And, you know, throughout that time, you were making some fantastic wines and I've, I've been able to try several of your vintages from the 80s and the 90s at different events wine tastings and i got a really big kick at last year's auction napa valley the current owner of raymond you know jean charles, charles mm-hmm. yeah was going around because at auction folks you know, winemakers i bring magnum of my wine he had brought a magnum of his wine. we go around to different tables showing off our wines and he had a magnum of you know, an older vintage. I'm trying to recall which vintage it was. But anyway, it was an older vintage of Raymond Cabernet Sauvignon. And he was saying how great it is, one of his favorite vintages. And, you know, I looked at the date and I was like, aha, <laughs> I happen to know who made this wine. I told him he got a, you know, big looks like, oh, he's at your winery now. I said, yeah, I was like, well, that's great. And, and you know, you got a big thumbs up, even though you never worked directly from him. You left, I yeah. believe, before he bought the place. Right. But, I left uh, in 2007. Yes. But, um, but he was very proud of the wine that you had made and he's still pouring it and showing it off. So that's, oh, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. You have a legacy there. We really have got a lot to talk about. I feel like we've barely scratched the surface. You're a multifaceted dude. You make wine. You have many other talents, which we are going to get into <laughs> in a little bit. We've got to take a break right now, but we'll be back with more of winemaker Ken Vagoda and Lauren want to talk us out. We'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley Show right after these messages. And now, back to Judd's Napa Valley Show with me, Lauren Mole, and Judd Fingelstein, and today's special guest, Ken Vagoda. That's right, we've got winemaker Ken Vagoda. And Ken, let's talk about how you came to us at Judd's Hill. I think this is kind of a cool story. It has to do with your history in the Valley and your reputation. Um, we had moved, you know, Judd's Hill originally was my parents' house uh, from the late 80s until about 2005. And in 2005, the decision was made to bring on another winemaker because our custom microcrush business was expanding. And it really takes a lot of organization. And it was just my father and myself, and we make these single barrel lots. And we hadn't lost one yet for anybody, and we certainly didn't want to. But with the expansion, we knew we were going to need a little bit of help. So we, in 2005, hired for the first time another winemaker, really, really sweet guy, great winemaker named Greg Opitz, who was with us for a few years. Um, you know, very unfortunately, he, he became ill. And when it became clear he would not be able to work anymore, we put the word out that we wanted to have somebody else come in and work with Greg for a while until Greg just couldn't work anymore. And we saw some candidates, you know, from answering our ads. And that was right about the time where the, the previous owner, between the current owner and who you had worked for, I guess Raymond had been sold, and you were working for a, a corporate entity at that point. 
Yeah, it was actually Kieran Brewery uh, Kieran, from Japan. Mm -hmm. That's right. As I understand it, right about the time we were looking was about the time they were doing some corporate downsizing, and you found yourself, I guess, I hate to use the word victim, but a victim <laughs> of that and, and looking for some work. And it was much, you know, to our great luck because you walked in the winery, um, you know, had seen the ad that we were looking, and my, my dad saw you right away and knew you for years and years from the wine lab, from being at Raymond, because in his days at Whitehall Lane Winery, right, right across, across the street, yeah, right yep. across the street, he knew you, and basically said to everybody else, you know, don't schedule any more <laughs> interviews, Ken Vigoda's here, <laughs> and that's all we need to know, you know, deal done. Yeah, I, I had met your uh, parents uh, originally back in 1980 at the wine lab when your mom used to bring in uh, samples uh, for analysis there. But as I said, in the in those days, m most wineries didn't have their own labs, right. and so uh, uh, the, the wine lab did a great job uh, uh, with uh, a lot of wineries in this valley as well as other places. And our our, uh, our competitor at the time and still around is ETS, and uh, uh, obviously they do a great job as well. And uh, so it's uh, there's a couple other ones that have joined the into the into the mix with the lab situation but uh, most wineries nowadays have their own labs and so it's really become a part of the whole uh, winemaking process to do the analysis and and to really keep track of what's going on with the wine and that's an uh, important part of it well I feel very fortunate to have you because of your your reputation your knowledge and I I often say, and it's not something I made up, but but that winemaking is a great combination of art and a science absolutely. coming together. Yeah. And you are one of these guys that has both those angles. There are some folks I meet, and myself included, and I, I don't mean this to sound pretentious, but it, somehow it always does. Like I'm much more on the artsy <laughs> side of it. My brain doesn't work very technically. <laughs> um, when you start, I mean, I know my basics about, very basics about chemistry and microbiology. Um, but I can speak much, much more better. Yeah, <laughs> I can really speak good <laughs> about about the flavors and how they come together. And I, I feel I'm pretty good at putting them together in wine blending and talking about that. You're great at that as well. But you also have that chemistry background, that technical background, so you understand that side of it. And you're very good at explaining it to people. And something I admire about you is you're such a people person. When folks come to the winery and they want to know more about the process, um, either just visitors or some of our micro-crush clients, folks we make custom wine for, you're so good about taking the time to sit with them and very patiently uh, explaining things to them in an easy-to-understand way. And I mean worth your weight in gold in that respect. Wow, I appreciate that. That's uh, it, It's always been uh, uh, a fun part of uh, the job for me because it, uh, it, it just gives me something... You know, it, it varies the day, actually. I mean, you know, it's not doing the same thing all the time. So it's good meeting people and, and discussing their wines mm -hmm. and so forth. Is just just adds another layer onto the onto the job, which uh, makes it more more interesting. Uh, but I, I think part of that is just goes back to m when I was in chemistry and I was a TA. I was a teaching assistant, and oh. I and you know, so I was doing labs and and helping with class and so forth. And so you had to be per pretty personable to go up and and help people with what they were doing. And so it, that that just kind of lent uh, very well to uh, uh, getting into the wine industry and, and starting to do other things other than just stay in the cellar. Uh, <laughs> I, I always enjoyed, as I said, that mentioned earlier, going out and doing winemaker dinners, yeah. uh, meeting people, talking about the wines, that type of a thing. Uh, that I know that there's some winemakers that just never want to leave the cellar and this this kind of stay in the in the background. But uh, well, I as I said, that's that what idea. I admire about you. Yeah. you. You don't mind getting out in front of it. You're you're great in the cellar. You know what you're doing. 
but you're happy to get out. And we we do send you out once in a while to do Absolutely. these events. And yeah. and I know I know we're being represented well when when you're out there. Now you came from a winery that was doing over three hundred thousand cases, cases yeah. of wine, yeah. and now at Judd Sill we only do a few thousand cases of wine. But I have to imagine. You've got to be working harder than ever. Yeah. I've never seen somebody running around <laughs> so much. And no, that's really true. We're challenging you over there, aren't we? Right. Yeah. We, we had a, a much larger staff, obviously, you know, bigger equipment, that type of a thing. There right. were there were times that uh, we were very very busy, but uh, many much of the time was spent uh, on the phone ordering and and uh, you know doing different things like that, uh, and, and also travel was was a big part of it uh, at the at the larger wineries. Uh, but uh, here with the the uh, Various. We have uh, 150, 160 clients that we make wine for, and so there's a lot of logistics. There's a lot of uh, tracking and things that need to be done. Uh, keep uh, keep uh, everything straight as far as uh, what goes where and and who has what and <laughs> and so forth. So uh, m- more m- many more lots. I- even though the lots are smaller, uh, there there's a lot more to deal with. So that's uh, that was the biggest. Yeah, and they need change. no less attention. And then absolutely with each small lot, there comes somebody who are making that wine for. I mean, of course, right. we do all our Judd's Hill wines in several varieties, but then we have these single barrel customers, right. and if not all of them, many of them want to have a little of your time, and, and you're great about making that time. So I really can't imagine somebody being busier, and I'm, I'm so happy that you keep a smile on your <laughs> face, because sometimes I worry. I like, yeah. I hope he's okay. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's it's great. Uh, with the, the uh, larger situation at Raymond, uh, uh, there were uh, just you know, not direct contact with the the uh, some some contact with the growers uh, during harvest that type of a thing, but not the contact throughout contact throughout the year uh, with the people com- wanting to come in and taste their wines and so forth. So so yeah, this is uh, much more in- involved that in that respect, um, and uh, uh, I th- I think that it's just. Uh, uh, more interesting and in also because of the different varieties in the different locations for the grapes. So mm-hmm. we had, we got grapes from various places when I was at Raymond as well, uh, uh, outside the Napa Valley also. But uh, here we have Contra Costa grapes and uh, Marin grapes and uh, you know places from, uh, very uh, all around uh, Northern California here. Even one time from Southern California down Palos Verdes, somebody yes. brought some grapes out. They drew, they picked them in the morning and then drove them straight up here, yeah, going through all the agricultural inspections, yeah. of course. <laughs> and and, and uh, when they came Came here, they were almost all raisins, and uh, they, they, it was a, it was about 33 bricks, and I uh, had yeah. to uh, do a little bit of manipulation to make some good wine out of it. But it, it we did it. <laughs> so no shortage of challenges. Absolutely. I mean, I, I also have to when I where I've ever been working, whether it was Raymond or here or at the wine lab, uh, the crew has been great. You know, so it's it's not something that's an indiv- individual uh, accomplishment here. As uh, I've always worked with a, a good group of people, and uh, uh, that work hard and uh, really make the wine. I mean, it's a, it's a decision-making on, on the winemaker's part, but uh, uh, it's the crew that really gets the job done and, and puts, the, puts the effort into making good wine. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's really important. It is true. And, you know, I said all these challenges because you have grapes coming from different places and, and all these customers and different, different fermenta- varieties, varieties yeah. fermentation styles. And you keep a smile on your face, assistant winemaker Eric Lyman. Yep. I mean, not only is he smiling, he's almost giddy when all <laughs> of these, you know, different factors come in because to him it's just another learning experience. Yeah, he's he came so in from excited. outside too. Yeah, yeah, he he's 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 great and positive. And I got a, a really cool compliment about you specifically from my uncle, who my father started Whitehall Lane Winery with way back thirty something years ago. 
uh, knows the wine biz, obviously knows my family. He's part of it. And he was so pleased that you are here. I think over the years he's gotten to know you. And yeah. he said to me, you know, I can't imagine a better fit to your family than having Ken at the winery because it is such a family affair at Judd's Hill. Yeah. And he's just so impressed the way you fit right in. And um, I tend to agree. Yeah, well, I've, I've known Alan a long time, too. And it's yeah, sure. uh, obviously from the Whitehall Lane days. And so uh, very, very wonderful gentleman, that's for sure. So you are not only a winemaker. I think we should talk <laughs> a little bit about some of your other talents, shall we? Sure, yeah. Let's talk about your music. Music, if people don't know it, I spelled my name K-E-N-N with two N's. And the reason for that was that uh, back when I was about uh, 16, 17 years old, I started uh, playing uh, bass guitar and uh, because some guys were getting a band together. And uh, I had taken some guitar lessons in the past, but I wasn't that great on guitar. So uh, these guys were getting a band together, and I said, and they, they, they needed a bass player. And I said, gee, I, I think I might be able to do that. So I borrowed a bass from a, another guy that had a, a band. And uh, it started playing bass, and so the the band that they we put together uh, w had a, another fellow named uh, the lead guitar player named Ken uh, as well. And so uh, it just so happened that I was working in a, uh, a kind of a work study program at uh, when I was in high school, and and I was working in the printing office. And so I said, hey, I can make band cards for oh, us because cool. I was working in the know. print office. Yeah. yeah. I had a lot of different varied jobs over my uh, career here. But uh, 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 so I was putting the, the card together and I was putting the names on it and jo Joel and Ken and Paul and Ken. And well, so I said, well, there's two Kens here. I got to, something's got to be different here. So I'll put two N's in my name. And so that's, I've been Ken with two N's ever since yeah, that. The rock star and, yeah. spelling, rock star spelling, Ken. <laughs> And uh, so I started, I've been playing bass all that time. So, uh, all right. Uh, so you're a bass player, but, but, but there's something else. <laughs> there's another instrument or instruments. I guess it's a plural that you that play is, that is yeah. kind of unusual. Yeah. I, I play handbells at the uh, First yes. Presbyterian Church. And uh, uh, it's uh, something that I got into I, I, again way back uh, when I was about uh, 20 years old. I was going to a church and they had uh, handbells at this particular Methodist church in, in Michigan, uh, Birmingham, Michigan, actually. And uh, I thought this was an, an amazing thing that these uh, people were playing these uh, English handbells. And so then uh, fast forward to, uh, to Napa here and we, we're going to First Presbyterian Church and uh, there happened to be a bell choir there at church. Is that how you choose your religious <laughs> yeah. faith? I mean, not to get into theology, but you said Methodist Church, now Presbyterian. Did you just go where the bells are? Yeah, that's right. No, okay. no. It just uh, we were we were looking for a church when we moved here to Napa, okay. and uh, we 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 went around to various places, and we liked the uh, the message and the the building. It's a historic building there at uh, at uh, First Presbyterian Church there at Third yeah, right. and Randolph, and uh, uh, so we just liked the the message that was coming out there, okay. and so that's where we started going. But it just so happened they had the bell choir as well, and so uh, then eventually my uh, my wife got involved in the uh, bell group uh, uh, and uh, with a quartet, and uh, so that uh, that was kind of interesting. And then she also joined the the handbell uh, 
fire at church. And I, uh, we were talking about it one day and she said that they were trying to expand and, and, uh, they had some big bass bells that uh, were there at church. And I went, well, wait a minute, bass bells, bass guitar, this, this kind of goes together. So, uh, I went ahead and I, I started to, to, to show up and learn how to play the bells. And the, the one thing about it was that, uh, the bass guitar I had just done by ear. So I would, uh, go and in the old days, listen to albums uh, over and over and over and learn a song uh, just by ear and by memory. Uh, and I never read music really. So when I started playing the bells, then I had to actually learn how to read bass music, bass clef music. So that was a bit of a challenge, but, uh, I've been doing it now for a number of years and a uh, little bit, a uh, little bit better at it now. Well, Ken, talk is cheap. As you know, <laughs> I happen to have a clip of you playing bells with the church group. There you ready go. to roll this? Yes. Here's Ken Vigoda on the bells. Vagoda yeah. on the bells. How about that? Those plung, 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 plung. That was me. <laughs> Very good, sir. And th those are those are plucked, actually, notes. Those are uh, not picking up the bells and ringing them. The the high bells that you hear uh, are rung bells that uh, are you know rung traditionally. Uh, that there's a number of different ways that you can play bells by either ringing them, uh, hitting them with mallets, or or plucking the the uh, uh, the clapper down onto the bell. You are, again, a multi-talented man, winemaking, bells, and an actor. <laughs> you, you have created a character that can be seen in our own web series, Judd's Enormous Wine Show. The character is named Ken, but spelled with one N. Yes. And very Not different... Not to be confused. Right. A very different personality than your true personality. And this is a character for which you won a Juddy Award. <laughs> it's an award that I give out when I think people are doing awesome things. So we're going to play a clip of your Juddy Award oh, no. appearance <laughs> in Judd's Enormous Wine Show. I'll set it up. This is um, an episode called Hooray for Holly. Oh, yeah. If you go on YouTube and put in Judd's Enormous Wine Show or go to our website, Judd's Hill, all the videos are there. This is the Hooray for Hollywood episode where... Everybody in the winery is fishing to come with me on a Los Angeles road trip. And here is Ken with one N, portrayed by Ken with two Ns, <laughs> in that classic episode. Yo, Judd! Check it. I just put a trip and new blend together for the trip to Los Angeles. Oh, yeah? That's great, Ken. Hmm, wonderful aromatics. Oh, man, it's all up in my nose. I mean, I can't believe it. This, this is fresh. Why did you just say that? You know, that's the way I roll. So listen, how about if I hit the road with you to L.A.? Bling. Hmm. 
Tears to my eyes. Tears to my eyes. <laughs> what emotion. Yeah. I think I stunk up that scene, but you saved me. Thank you so much. So that's from our web series, Judd's Enormous Wine Show. You can uh, check it out online. And that's the Hooray for Hollywood episode. And several episodes feature you. Uh, if you, dear listener, are not of the very sensitive type, there's a great <laughs> episode. I love it. I think it's hilarious, but it's not for the faint of heart. There's a disclaimer ahead of it. If you go to Vimeo.com, V as in Victor, I, M as in Mary, EO.com, and type in Judd's Enormous Wine Show, there's only one episode there. We hit it on Vimeo because the powers that be at the winery would not let this episode be on our YouTube channel. The powers at YouTube, I think it was one. <laughs> there's some uh, s- s- questionable content, but uh, it's a, I think it's a great episode. And you really take Ken with one end to the next level yes. in this one. Uh, so check that out we on We push Vimeo. it to the limit. <laughs> and you're, you're always up for it, man. You know, I don't think I've ever brought something to you and you're like, no, no, no. Like, we'll do it. It's great. That'll be fun. And I love that about you. So speaking of fun, what do you do for fun? You know, you've been here in Napa for 30-something years. What, what are the things that inspire you here? You know, you like uh, there, there, there are so many things to do here in Napa, but uh, we, we hadn't uh, actually been to the new theater to, until this, uh, this weekend, and uh, we went to see... Uh, the movie theater. Yes, the actual movie theater, yeah. the, the new one, and, and we went to see uh, uh, Lone Ranger, and so that was really fun. But I uh, do enjoy, uh, you know, uh, uh, watching movies and, and uh, going to the theater here, uh, actually to, to the Uptown, uh, mm-hmm. various places, the Opera House, uh, so forth. Uh, but uh, uh, we do a lot of things at home, too. Uh, we have a... Uh, a fairly good size uh, yard and love to garden and uh, take care of the yard and and uh, we have a, a dog if you you know come people come to the winery they have, they've met nutmeg of the our dog and yeah your uh, dog is our yeah. Winery dog, our, our do, do, winery mascot, yeah. and so uh, then we have uh, a couple of kids that uh, that we have to keep tabs on as well. Uh, our our daughter is uh, currently at uh, a summer camp up in uh, the Sierras, and she's working there. And uh, uh, then our, our son is a uh, got a, just got a new job uh, in uh, uh, Oakland at a at a restaurant. Uh, can't even recall the name of the restaurant right now because it's new. He worked at Gregoire, a place in in Berkeley, for many many years, but uh, now he's working at a new place in, in uh, Oakland. Cool, man. No, you're always busy. So in all of your free time, which is almost zilch, I know, because you're either working or out having some fun or working in the garden. Do you go nuts for donuts? Oh yeah, absolutely. I love donuts and uh, especially uh, buttercream. Uh, that's my favorite. You're and in luck, good sir. We have for you, you pick one of these. We're going to describe which one you pick to the audience. To, a little bit of a psychological profile to see which donut is he going to go for. Maple. Okay, you've got a maple old-fashioned. Old fashioned. A lot of folks go for that lately. <laughs> a lot of those. So here we are in Napa Valley. You've got a maple old-fashioned. What are you going to pair with that? What glass of wine are you going for? Ooh, glass of wine. I, I, I was, my first choice would have been coffee, but. <laughs> okay, you know what? We'll go with beverage. I'm just thinking Napa Valley, you're a yeah. winemaker. Let's get a little, uh, let's get a suggestion. Well, no, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm a hearty coffee drinker. I think anybody who's a, a red wine drinker also likes uh, coffee, you know, so that's, that's one thing. But, you know, we, we just happen to have a, a brand new wine that I think uh, that we made recently that would go really, very, very nicely with this. 
this uh, maple bar at a, a Roussan, which is something that we had not made until uh, 2012. Yeah. And it has some residual sugar. It's about 7%, 8% residual sugar and a nice uh, little bit uh, of a dessert-style wine, and it would be great with this maple bar. I'd say serve it cold. It's kind of floral. I yes. Compliment. It's a little crispness. Um, all right. That's the... Late, the, the, not late harvest. Boy, it, I can't even say my, right. own, my own wine. Well, we didn't talk about that, but it's yeah. we called it tardy harvest because it wasn't quite very late in the in the <laughs> season, but uh, it was just a little bit late, so we called it tardy harvest. Little tardy. Yeah. Okay, well, good recommendation. That will be coming out this fall, our Judd Seal Tardy Harvest Roussan. Now, Ken, it's time to play everybody's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. It's Mad Libs, and you know how this works. You're a college-educated fella. You know your parts of speech and grammar, so let's get to it. I need for you to give me a geographic location, anywhere at all. Mm, let's see. Um, it's been a long time since I've been here, but uh, how about the Everglades Swamp in Florida? Everglades <laughs> Swamp, all right. Now I would need a number, any number. Let's see. How about 723? 723. A noun. Noun. Let's see. Uh, how about jello? Jello? Okay. <laughs> jello. A profession. Think of any kind of job. Ooh. This just happened recently. Tightrope walker. Oh, yeah. I went across the Grand Canyon. Okay. Tightrope walker. Is that a dream of yours someday when you're done no, with this winemaking not, thing? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Uh, plural noun. Well, I'm from Detroit. How about tigers? Detroit tigers. Tigers. You got it. An adjective. You should be good at this. A descriptor, being a winemaker. Mm. Well, it kind of drives you crazy. So how about crazy? Crazy. Winemaking drives you crazy? It can. You hide it well. <laughs> a verb. Mm. How about uh, bless? Bless. Just talking about your involvement in the church. Bless. All right, Ken. So this is, a, is a, an excerpt of a little bit about you from our Judd's Hill Micro Crush website, our All custom right. winemaking. And uh, this is what it has to say about you, and you've just rewritten it. With your own <laughs> okay. Mad Libs. Are you ready? Yes. Want to give us an intro? It's time for Mad Libs on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Thank you, Lauren Mole. Here it is, Ken Vagoda in Mad Libs. Originally from Michigan, Ken earned his bachelor's degree in chemistry from the University of Southern Everglades Swamp <laughs> <laughs> and focused his graduate studies on organic chemistry. At Raymond Vineyards for 723 years... <laughs> it only felt that long. <laughs> Ken worked his way up from Jello manager... Ooh, that sounds... Yeah. That could work. Yeah, a, little, a little kinky, Ken. Uh, from Jello manager to longtime tightrope walker. Yeah. Oh, so you have been done this, all yeah. right. Over the barrels, yes. Yes. So you were the Jello manager to longtime tightrope walker for this well-known winery, giving him tons, pun intended, of experience with estate and non-estate tigers yeah, and the minutiae of winemaking. But that was then, and this is now. 
Ken's truly a crazy part of Judd's Hill <laughs> Micro Crush family. That's for sure. <laughs> I'll vouch for that. And he takes great joy in sharing his skill and knowledge with others. As you're sure to see when you bless us oh. on your winemaking journey. Hey. That's nice. <laughs> that ended very sweetly. Yes, it did. Very good. Well, Ken, I am so happy that you were able to join us here. I'm glad the folks get to know a little bit more about you. I hope people will come by Judd's Hill to say hello to you, to try Absolutely. the wines that you're making, and uh, just to have a nice, good time. Any last thoughts you want to want to share with us? No, that's that's about it. Uh, as I said, as Judd said, uh, come on and see us, and, uh, and uh, we'd love to have you over. That sounds good. Lauren, want to talk us out? You've been listening to Judd's Napa Valley Show with Vintner Judd Fingelstein. Theme song by Gorn Lustig. Wardrobe by LaRue of Rutherford. Judd's Napa Valley Show is a Gillamar production. This is Lauren Mole saying so long from the world's wide wonderland. <laughs>